And just like that, everyone, welcome to the first episode of Leap Into the Week. Now, I'll tell you, if you're not, if you're not sure, maybe you haven't checked this out before, don't worry. This is the first episode, so you get the opportunity to see this thing start off right from the beginning. So what is Leap Into the Week, and why do I have Patrick Fingles and the screen right next to me? Well, the answer is simple. Contractors, sometimes you got to shut off that weekend brain, all right? You need something to leap into the week the right way. Knowledge, insight, some perspective, all right? That's going to get your week started off in the right way, and that's what we're going to do here each and every Monday morning, and I cannot be more happy to have Patrick Fingles here with me, president, CEO of Leap itself. What's going on, brother? What's going on, man? I'm happy to be here. I love that intro. So I couldn't be more excited to do this with you. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. I think the contractors, this is for you if you're in your car right now, you're headed into work, you're an operations manager, you're a sales manager, you're back office. We are going to bring in topics that you think about maybe every day, but you never get a chance to really hear from a professional themselves. That's what Patrick's going to bring for you each and every week here. Um, you've been able to grow a company, you've had acquisitions, you've been able to do a lot of different things in the industry, Patrick. So I know that people are going to be able to pull a lot of knowledge away from you and the value you're going to be able to give. Excellent, man. I, I appreciate it. It's, uh, you know, I want to keep these kind of short. I think we want to keep these short, like, cause I, there's so yeah. much content out there now and they go on for 40 minutes. So like, we want to just pick a topic. Let's give you something quick to think about on a Monday and maybe you can apply it this week and then tune in next Monday. We'll give you something real quick. So 10 minutes of your time, something to chew on and execute hopefully. Well, let's execute it right now then for him, man. Today we're talking about finding and retaining talent, Patrick. A lot of contractors out there, it's a problem that has plagued them perhaps since COVID um, and, and trying to find that good talent and keep it there. One of the questions, we got five here for you, quick, you know, quick fire, rapid fire for you, as we said, to bring value. Number one, we're talking about 1099 employees versus W-2 employees. When, mm -hmm. when a contractor is trying to make that decision into which route they go, can you at least give them some perspective into perhaps how they should be looking at that particular problem? Yeah, well, from a legality standpoint, like we went through this. So we were 1099 when I worked at uh, when I had New Look uh, and then we moved over to W2. So why were we 1099? It was cheap. It was easy. The guys didn't have to pay taxes uh, that inflated their income. And then they could, you know, if they wanted to lower their tax liability at the end of the year by, you know, doing things that probably aren't above board, um, you know, or they would end up with tax liability. But the idea was, you know, the, the target demographic we were going after was kind of like, you know, hey, be your own boss, generate your commission, worry about your taxes, get big checks. You know, as that start to become more mainstream, you know, you want to start to differentiate yourself. So we moved over to, to uh, W-2. And, uh, you know, when you move over to W-2, you're doing it for different reasons. Hey, man, I want to get my team health benefits, maybe. I want to start to offer some options that aren't out there in the universe. So it's a funny thing, you know. I, I think you can you can do it both ways, ways. I mean, ideally, the letter of the law says, you know, if, if you're controlling the calendar and schedule of an employee and telling them where they need to be and when they need to be there, technically W-2. They have the autonomy to work when they want to work. And, you know, uh, uh, service the customers they choose to service and so forth, 1099. So that's like the hard and fast rule. I think the benefits of W-2 are, 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 are nice because of those benefits. I think the, uh, the, the, the simplicity of 1099 and for the demographic that just 
wants to deal with their own taxes. They're not interested in the benefits. They're not interested in uh, in, uh, in 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 kind of like cost associated with W two employee. They just want to maximize their income. I think that's your ten ninety nine people. It's a difficult decision for contractors, um, and one that I yeah. think is one they've got to make. Um, Another thing is week. turnover. If you're turning over, like you turn contractors over a lot, they uh, you know they they go file unemployment. Then unemployment breathes down your back. Right. Because you're always getting audited by unemployment because they go down and try to follow unemployment because you let them go. And then they're like, oh, you don't qualify for unemployment. You were a 1099 employee. And then they're the ones that are feeding the ex-employees that leave. So just, you know, something to think about there. So, you know, from the letter of the law, you want to be really conscious of whether that person qualifies a 1099. You know? Absolutely. Now, before you can actually bring them on as a 1099 or W-2, you got to find the, these people, though, Patrick. And that's question number two for you. Um, when you were looking at hiring somebody for Leap or any of the companies that you've been a part of in previously, do you tend to hire for the position, somebody who has got the most knowledge, the most experience, or do you lean towards hiring for culture, someone who's going to fit in with where the company might be right now? How do you weigh both of those as an entrepreneur and a leader? I mean, I, you got to give you a, you know, the political answer and say both. Um, it, it does vary by position. You know, your sales positions, I think, are more culture. You're, you know, you're hiring behaviors, you're hiring attitude, you're hiring grit. Um, you know, you're trying to take people and give them a lifestyle change. You know, if you're hiring software engineers, you know, experience becomes important. So you do want to hire people that fit within the culture, but they have to check the experience, the experience box. I think that's the same thing that's true for, you know, contractors. You know, you're hiring you know, somebody that's actually doing the work or a service technician, you got to kind of hire experience with a, a mind to a culture. If you're hiring sales reps, you know, or somebody that you can train up from zero, call center agents, things like that. I think it's all about the grit and the drive or whatever culture matches. It could be customer service, customer obsessed, you know, kind of whatever's matching your, uh, you know, your, your culture. That'll else that'll also help you map the recruiting strategy, you know? Yeah, I'm looking at somebody like the analytical types as being more of the knowledge based, while more of my relationship positions as being more of the culture based positions is how I'm kind of reading what you're saying right there as you talk about the analyst, the engineer, an individual like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when it's, I don't want to say skilled, you know, there's the science and the art. They always say that, right? So if it's science, if you're hiring for science, I mean, you know, you, you need somebody that has the, the knowledge to be able to do it. If you're hiring for an art, so, you know, you might consider, like I said, a call center agent or something like that. It's an art form. You know, we want to provide a good customer experience and that can exist within anybody. Um, you know, so it's a, I guess it's the science of the, the position or the art of the position. And that kind of delineates whether you're kind of leading with culture or skill set. So I, I think that's the best way to kind of to rationalize that. It makes sense to me. Um, right now, you know, I've been fortunate enough to be out there in the field with some of your employees. Um, and I don't think there's any question that you've got some of the best talent there is in the game. Um, just honestly, some of the best people, but a lot of companies are having trouble maybe standing out right now. Uh, maybe they're on an indeed, or they're on some of these sites and they just can't seem to stand out from their competition to bring in good people, get them in the door, brother. Um, yeah. have, have you had anything that's been successful for you all, um, in continuing to find and attract good talent when it seems yeah. like, you know, maybe you're just a, you're just kind of blending in with every other contracting company that's out there. Yeah. So your employees are your champions, right? So we are heavily referral based. 
So that just drives ability and culture. But how do you get to that? You get to that. Look, if I'm talking to an owner right now, if you're hiring people, maybe you're small and you're trying to scale, you need to hire those people yourself. And that doesn't mean like you're going to go through a recruiter or Indeed. That means you're going to go on LinkedIn. You're going to reach out. You're going to be really thoughtful about the message that you're sending. You can say things like, hey, man, our culture's not great. When you go online, we got bad reviews, but I am changing the scenario. I'm here to change the narrative. And you know that requires great people. You look like somebody that could help me make a difference in this organization. Please, I'd love to connect with you. Sorry to be a LinkedIn stalker, but I would love to talk to you about just culture and the opportunity to, uh, to be a great salesperson or a great you know, whatever you're hiring for in the organization. So it starts with, you know, it start typically business starts with one, it starts with an owner. You know, I did all my own first recruiting, so I could control the narrative. I didn't have to worry about brand or culture because there wasn't one. It was just comp and my mission. Then you hire people and you get those people to hire those people. And it's LinkedIn. It's LinkedIn. Look, when you get up to be, you know, Renovo or something or, you know, a big giant logo and you need to hire 50 or 60 people, you know, now you have a team of recruiters and everything. But that's the exception. The rule is ah, there's four of us and I'm trying to hire two good salespeople this year. How do I do that? Go on LinkedIn, craft the message yourself, send it out there to them and be really thoughtful. Something that breaks through the monotony. Like we're not perfect, but I want to make it perfect. I think you can help. Would you at least have a conversation with me? If nothing, we can network, you know, if nothing else we can network. So I think it's, it's, you know, it's creating the story. You know, people put a lot of thought into their radio advertisements or the Val pack mailer that's going out or whatever they're doing. Do you, and then, you know, when you look at these job descriptions on LinkedIn, you know, or, or you know, career builder monster, I guess those are kind of dead. But when you look at indeed, and you look at these things, it's like, they, they all look the same. Mm -hmm. You, so you got to stand out. And I think the really way to do that is with targeted messaging. So once you start doing that, man, people bring their friends to work and that, that's when the magic starts to happen. So like, you know, I don't know, we hired 50 people last year. I think six, 70% of them were referrals. You know, I mean, I, I think 70% of them were referrals is really high. So, and that's that thing, but not at first, not at first. It was me begging. You got, you got me tucked up over here, man. I'm rolling up the sleeves. Got to get out there and do it myself. What are you doing? You right? got to do it. You got to write your radio commercial, man. Like you got to yeah. cut it through and you got to say it to them. An individual saying on LinkedIn, I want to hire you gets such a different result than, uh, than, than, than a recruiter saying, I have an opportunity that I think you might be interested at this company. Yes. Because it's your you know? company. You're going to take ownership of that. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. And even if it's not your company, like say it's the sales manager, like nobody can re recruit for you better salespeople than your sales manager using their own LinkedIn out there in the network. And just, man, it, people think it takes a lot of time. It doesn't, man. You can source on LinkedIn. Like you do it, it's like your focus group, man. You, do, you can use your toilet breaks to do it for crying out loud. Like if you do it 30, 40 minutes a day, I promise you'll have meaningful conversations with people at least every week. 30 minutes a day, every single week, you'll be talking to somebody that's talented. Yeah, I think right now what I'm taking from that, brother, is that there's going to be a business owner doing two to three million right now. You're going into work and you're wondering why you're not finding the talent. Perhaps what you've done is you've got you've got you pushed it off to somebody else and you've said, oh, you know what? I'm not going to deal with that anymore. You've got a little bit of success. You've become like, hey, you know, I'm above that. I've got someone else who can do that. Maybe it's time you step back in and say, hey, I've got to take ownership back of my business and back to the people that are coming on board with this company. 
it is my company. It is my responsibility. It's my time to get that done. Yeah, especially if it's not working. I mean, if that was working, you know, you hired a, you know, an HR manager, an office manager, you bought them an Indeed license, you know, they're bringing some candidates in, but nothing's turning out. Then, yeah, you got to be like, all right, great. Well, you know, or give them your LinkedIn profile, let them log in as you craft the message, have them copy and paste it and have them send it out. But it is, um, it's much different when it comes from you. If it's working, then great. You got to figure it out and, you know, tune in next Monday for a different topic. You know, um, so it's not that it can't work, but it, it, if it's not working, yeah, you got to make a change. And I'm All telling right. you, what does work is, hey, I would love for you to work for me. Whether you're the owner, the sales manager, the call center manager, I would love for you to work for me. It makes it really pos- personal. It, there's just so many recruiters and there's so much noise out there about it now, you know? Yeah, man. You know, one of the things I appreciate about you, and not a lot of people are going to say this, and, you know, you probably don't, we never talked about this before, but. We were at a, we were at IRE, man. And, you know, you show up there and, you know, you're the, you're the big dog. You're the big honcho. You got the letters behind the name, but you go around, you say hi to everybody. You talk to everyone at the booth. How are you doing each and every person you're going around to? I think sometimes as business owners, regardless of the amount of success that people have had, you can forget that it's a people driven business. And like you said, I want you to come work for me. I want my business this is me and i think that sometimes people can lose sight of that brother yeah you know the thing i've personally struggled with the most as i've scaled businesses is i'm always thinking about the person i'm supposed to be and sometimes that screws you up you just got to be the person you are you know so i'm the type of person that's always going to say hi and be thankful i'm kind i'm nice there was times in my life where as I started to grow my business, I'm like, well, I'm the CEO. I'm supposed to put up a little bit of a shield or a guard or or something like that. Like I'm supposed to be like this person. I'm supposed to be like these other people. The business is different. You know, this is beneath me or something like that. That's the biggest mistake you can make. The best CEOs are the are the best owners or the best functional leaders. You could be a sales manager. Don't ever forget like the, it's the little things that make businesses run. Big businesses run just like small businesses, man. And sometimes you got to roll your sleeve up. You got to, you got to get in here and you got to do it. The best coaches don't coach from the box. They coach from the field, right? I mean, they're out there, they're down there. So, you know, that's what you got to do. You know, you're like, well, we're going to hire a recruiter, uh, my HR person, they're going to report to them. I want to give them the autonomy to make the decision. Then they're going to go start recruiting. I got an Indeed license. We spent $15,000 on recruiting last month. We hired two call center agents. That's too much money. You're too far from it. Get in there. It's not about your people and they're not comp, but you got to get in there. You got to get in there, You're, you know, and, and and you make a difference. And it's it's that passion. So, you know, um, and it's that story. People want to talk to you. That's right. We're talking with Patrick Fingles, everybody. Leap into the week. We're talking about finding and retaining talent right now. Patrick, I have one final question for you, as I know time is going to be very important here. Um you know, when you get to that point where you found that individual and you're bringing them into your company, trying to figure out if they're the right fit, you're going to go through the interview process. We're doing it right now in our company. I know you're constantly hiring in yours. Can you give me a, a, an interview question, man? Something that's a go-to for you or something that's an absolute no that you never want to ask. Um, I'm looking for something that, you know, somebody might have an interview today. What should they be asking or what should they never ask a candidate that's coming in there right now? I'm going to give you a a good one. So I like this Mm -hmm. question. So I always ask people, like, uh, if it's a management position, I'll give you a management question. I always ask people what their manager style is. And I'm like, what's what's your management style? I did this yesterday. Mm 
And somebody said to me, they said, uh, they, they give you the answer. So the question yesterday was, uh, well, I, I never micromanage. And I'll tell people a way to do something, but I always give them the autonomy to present a different way or do it their way. And, you know, that's really how I think about it. And then here's the magic in that. I say, I'm going to read that back to you. I want you to validate this for me, but I'm going to read it back to you as the opposite. So I'm going to be the opposite of you, the bizarro you in a foreign land. And I want you to tell me if this sounds like the opposite of you. So imagine if I was interviewing and I asked the same question to your evil twin, he would say, I'm a micromanager and I don't give people the autonomy to contribute ideas or do it their way. They have to do it the way I want to do it. And he was like, yeah, that's not me. And I was like, great. I was like, great. I said, if all the interviews I do, could you imagine anybody saying that to me? Anybody, would anybody answer the interview question like that? Did that sound right? And he was like, no, I can't imagine anybody would say that. I was like, okay, great. So then what you told me your superpower is, is really just the status quo. So what's something that you can tell me that somebody else would say the opposite? And that would still be a viable, good answer. So tell me something where the person can say the opposite about you and potentially still get the job. So the opposite might be, listen, I like to give people autonomy, but I like things done the way I do it. I'm in this particular position and there's a way to do it. I am repetition given. I don't allow people to go left and right. I keep it narrow. And that is the recipe for sex success in my call center as a call center leader. You could ask somebody else and they might say, you know, I, I, I really, you know, I believe in scripts, but they don't have to stay true to them. I like to give people the autonomy. So both answers are logical. And mm. those are some of the best answers you can get. But people don't think about it that way. They just give you the textbook answers. You got to feed it back to them as like the antonym and it blows their mind. And then they'll think about something where they're actually different. And that's how you get to know people for real. And you can do it with anybody. It's awesome. Just try it once or twice. You'll love it. You know, yeah. if I was going to give anyone some advice today, if you're looking to find and retain talent, is take personal accountability for mistakes on your team. You got it. You got to. Um, nobody wants to sit there and have fingers pointed at them like, hey, I'm a screw up, but you're perfect. Um, you manage a team. You manage a business. That means it is your people. Um, so you've got to take that. You've got to take that accountability as a leader if you want to find and retain good talent, in my opinion. Yeah. It's that's so I mean, listen, it's funny. People always ask me about like being a good manager and like that feels self-explanatory at this point, at this day and age, in order to hire and retain people, it's such a competitive environment. And there's so much, so many people are, I mean, you've got daycares at work and stuff like whatever you want in this world, you would think that people would have that figured out. So I think when, when I hear that story, you almost smirk and you're like, Jesus, what a bad manager maybe not a bad manager, maybe just somebody that forgets, like they know that a good leader puts his people on his shoulders or their shoulders and a bad leader stands above them. Like there's memes that go around on LinkedIn about that. Um, and so I think they know that, like if you said, Hey, which picture is right? Everybody hoisting you up or you being down on the level playing field, like everybody goes this one, this one, I'm a leader, this one. But then when you're in that moment and you're in that meeting and your team's underperforming, sometimes I think you forget to embody that. I'd like to believe that. I know there's bad leaders out there and there's just tyrants. They shouldn't be leaders. But for the people that make that mistake and maybe that manager is, is a good leader, but maybe in that moment just got kind of lost sight of that 
that vision and because I think it's hard to tie those everyday actions back to, you know, your philosophy. So I think you got to step back at the end of every day and be like, hey, did I really be the leader I wanted to be today? Uh, and there's probably a few areas you're like, no, I wasn't. It doesn't make me a bad leader. I just, you know, in the moment you get called up or you you forget the way. So, you know, you kind of forget the North Star. So, you know, because when I hear that story, I, I find myself thinking, you know, oh, what, what a terrible manager, rookie mistake. But then I'm like, shit, man, have I ever done that? <laughs> like, you know, have I ever been there where, like, I'm standing at the front of the table holding the team accountable to a result, yet I forget to put myself in that? Yeah. Maybe I have. So work on it. You got to work on that, you know? Absolutely. And that's what, we're, that's what we're trying to do here, man. Bring some value to people as you go in on your Monday morning. Folks, if you've been listening right now, then you got the great information on how to stand out above your competition, ask the right interview questions, and retain talent here with Patrick Fingal, C President CEO of Leap. Every Monday morning, tune right in, right here. We'll be able to give you some more topics. Coming up next week, business indicators, the numbers that you're going to want to look at in your business and how Leap is helping make that happen for their customers. Patrick, until next week, everybody. Thank you so much.